Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's Wesson Walker, the WFNZ 20th Annual Street Turkeys event presented by Ram Pavement happening right now. It's going to be taking place for four more hours up until 6 p.m. We're only with you for one more hour up until 3, but then it's the Kyle Bailey Show taking over, and we appreciate Ram Pavement for presenting the Street Turkeys event. They have plenty of volunteers on site. They've been here throughout the entire day, 6 a.m., to 6 p.m. We've been here all day, starting with the Mac and Bone Show. We also want to thank Truist. They held a collection at Truist headquarters, and they donated 358 pounds of food. We also had Tellware. They brought a truckload of food, so there's so many donations going on. Appreciate Tellware for doing that. Proud supporters of Street Turkeys and also Piedmont Natural Gas. They've been on site in support for their Share the Warmth campaign. They will have the cozy Share the Warmth scarves that they were sharing earlier around lunchtime, but they've been big supporters this entire day. And a big thank you to Barbara Ashford for joining us earlier on in the show for this 20th annual Street Turkeys event. Please come by. If you can, donate all that you can, the frozen turkeys, the box goods, canned goods, whatever kind of goods you got. Please donate that to us. But also, if you can't make it, that's okay. 44321 is the number. I had somebody text in to the Garage Door Guru text line asking how they could help if they could not make it. So I'll repeat again. 44321, that's the number you want to text. Street Turkeys is the message. If you do that, then you will get a link, and then you can click on that link. The rules are very simple to follow to be able to donate. Once again, Street Turkeys, 44321. We'll now go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome somebody that we talked to, I believe it was yesterday, the yeah, legend. Jim. That the is legend Jim Selania. Yes, Jim Selania on board with us. Jim, how are you doing, man? Yeah, it's becoming addictive. I might call you uh, every day. <laughs> we, we are a hard thing to quit, Jim, so That's I right. understand. Yeah, we are pretty addictive. What you got for us today? I've nicknamed you Dubs in the Midday. I like it. Okay. Dubs in the Midday right. is very good. That seems like it could be on like Twitter it. bio as yes. well. So what do you have for Dubs in the Midday? Well, I got a couple of turkey sound effects, and since I might not be around a year from now, I'll get out of the way today. I uh, <laughs> Don't say that. I, well, yeah, well, who knows? I consider this I consider this guy a real person, you know. I mean, Jive Turkey. Yeah, that's not a that's not a cartoon figure. After 20 years in the air, he's real to me. Jive Turkey. Now, is that Homer? Is that Homer? Is that, Homer. is that right? That's what it sounds like. That's Homer, yeah. Here you go, here you go again. Jive Turkey. Okay, no, I like it. Homer Simpson is uh, one of the goat animated characters of all time. Do you have any other turkey sound bites for us? Yeah, I do. Uh, here's a here's a back before you slaughtered them. This is what they sounded like, uh, you know, before you eat them. <laughs> why did we have to go? Why did you have to mention them being slaughtered, Jim? This is I, I, mean, I don't just keeping it real. I, I mean, like you're not eating turkey tomorrow. I know I'm a hypocrite. I still don't like hearing them beforehand. Oh I just God. I just have the oven roasted, the deep fried, whatever. But no, I don't. It don't hurt them. But man, that's good. I, I know. I do feel like <laughs> the, the sound is pretty good, though, Jim. Not not everybody is eating turkey. Turkey, so let's let's don't forget our portly friends. <laughs> Jim, Jim, this is this is what I'm. The pig keeps going. Jim, I'm 
I imagine that you are basically just spinning the toy given to five-year-olds on saying, here's what the cow says. Is that what you're doing right now and holding it up <laughs> to the phone? Yeah, you know, I got I got cows, I got horses, I got weasels, I got everything. Okay. All I, I right. Got, That's anyway, fun. I want to wish you guys a uh, is it a happy Thanksgiving? I think so. Yeah. No I think doubt. that's fine. We got food. We're happy. Football. Yeah. What else you want? Yeah. You can wish us a happy Thanksgiving, and we appreciate that. We also wish you a happy Thanksgiving, yeah. man. Thanks for the soundbite, Jim, and we'll uh, be happy to you, talk which to one you. Of you. Which one of you two will overeat the most? Uh, oh, that's a tough one. Both of us we like both to are eat. big eaters. I mean, Wes is the offensive lineman, but, man, I, I really – I ate a lot when I was in middle school and just nonstop growing. I don't know. Both of us are pretty big. Maybe we could do that one day, just have some type of, like, food showdown, whatever it could be. <laughs> so I think you just helped us create some content. Does Wes outweigh you? Oh, yeah. I'm sure he I does. Do. Yeah. I mean, that's the offensive <laughs> line thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Right. Jim, we appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks again. Enjoy your last hour. No, I appreciate that, Jim. Real big uh, appreciate that with all the sound bites that he was playing oh, yeah. for us. I know I'm a hypocrite, man. I can't help I it, know. though. I don't oh, like no, thinking. don't do it. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Mama, you still cooking that turkey, right? Yeah, no, that's exactly how I am, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah. can't help it, but that's exactly how I am. You can text in 704-570-9610. Moose, uh, he also texted in something I told you yesterday. Tell Wes that's how a turkey is supposed to sound with whatever bird noise that you were doing. Okay. Even though we I like it. i my best. There you go. That's fine. Um, but. <laughs> But now we have to go to not only what was a great segment with Jim doing the whole turkey sound bite. That's fantastic. All right. But now we have to go to among the best two segments we do all week oh, long. Man, oh, man. Thank you. You hear the music kind. drop. You're too kind. You hear the music drop. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. We teased it. It's time now for the West Bryant ACC QB power rankings. Yes. Who comes in at number five as we That's count That's right. Down? The ACCDN power rankings. You can check these out on the ACCDN on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. All right, starting off, welcome back, who Sam Farber was just talking about in his high school days. DJU is wow. back in the building good to see at number five. My man from BC, he fell off, man. Zero touchdowns, three interceptions. You can't stick around with that. Let's get him the hell out of here. DJU went 322 total yards, three TDR versus Miami. Clemson's won two games in a row. And he's one of only three players in the country with at least five games this season with 200-plus yards passing and 50-plus yards rushing. He's tied for second in the FBS in that category behind Drake May. Who would have thought? Yeah, who would have? Now, it, that, whole, that whole experience with DJU is yes. going to be incredible if we start with this reclamation project where everybody's on board with this cool story. Yeah. He starts to fall off of a cliff to the point we're talking about Cade Klubnick, despite him having like 50 total yards of offense in yes. two of the times he came in for DJU. Mm-hmm. And now here he is, top five in Wes Bryant's power rankings. I could see him climbing up, especially he with could. a win against South Carolina right. and possibly right. North Carolina. Yeah, very strong. Would be a pretty his crazy resume, year. His resume, his strength of schedule is very strong. All right, so who All is right. number four on this list? <laughs> number four, listen, Sam Hartman still ticking at number four, 375 total yards, four passing touchdowns versus Syracuse. He's now second in the ACC history with 122 TDR, and he's second in career passing touchdowns with 104. 
So is this you were Sam Hartman? Sam, Sam Hartman. Yes, and sir. Sam Hartman has been for, I believe, the last three weeks? Or yeah, he moved he's back. been there. It's hard for him to move up yeah. right now. Uh, like I said, those those turnovers and those losses were damning. But 375 total yards, four passing touchdowns versus Q. So he came out with a nice performance on senior day. Thought he would finish the season at number two. Yeah. Pretty easily as well, just coming into the season. But Sam Hartman sticks around at four. Still yes. some football to be played, but yes. it is going to be hard for him to climb. All yeah. right, who's number uh, three was. Number three, Jordan Travis still holding it down at the third spot. He had three TD on the win versus Louisiana. Not a lot of yards. They didn't need a ton from him. FSU, you know, they've been beating up on some patsies the last few weeks. <laughs> but uh, he's the fourth quarterback in FSU history with at least 20 passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns in the same season. So, number five, DJU. Four, uh -huh. Sam Hartman. Uh -huh. Three, Jordan Travis. Yes. Who comes in at number two. Number two, my man Riley Leonard. Okay, a.k.a. Uh, airborne as far as how he can climb yeah. the air with those nasty dunks. But listen, 290 passing yards, four TDR versus Pitt. They did lose, but he played really well in that game. But through 11 games uh, in 2022, he's registered 37 passes of 20 plus yards and he's still the only quarterback in the ACC with 10 plus passing and 10 plus rushing uh, touchdowns. No, no argument for me. What you've seen from Riley Leonard this year, this was not just some breakout onto the scene at the beginning of the year story where he finally fades away. If you look at his rushing yards, they weren't good against Pittsburgh, but this year, he has been pretty good, and he still had quite a lot of yards passing, as you mentioned, despite the loss. And if you look at the rushing, 66, 54, 60, 130 against North Carolina in yeah. that game that they played. So still very big ground game for Riley Leonard that allows him to be number two. And then here is the most, uh, I would say, non-dramatic part of the top five. <laughs> Who comes in at number one? Number one, listen, he did not have a score versus Georgia Tech upset at home. But I still got a crazy stat for you. Okay. Because every week there's just something new that I'm like, wow. Listen, this guy has gone 70% passing, 2,039 yards uh, through the air, 23 touchdowns when UNC was tied or trailing. He leads the nation in second-half comeback victories with six of those. So listen, you talk about a guy that plays his best football when it counts and now he could have played better throughout the duration of that Georgia Tech game. But as you pointed out, he did put the rock on the money he that did. would have given them the go-ahead touchdown late in that game versus Georgia I, Tech. I hate that Josh Downs didn't catch that because I do think when we always talk about the winning time and that being the narrative that matters most, he did deliver. And that was at the time, yes, could have played a lot better. It's why you can't just go to one play, no doubt. I'm not saying Drake May played well that game. Yeah. But when it was do or die, he did. And Josh Downs was the guy that let the team die in that moment. And yes. then you could see him go to the ground there. So it was still a great throw on fourth down from 10 yards out. And it was in the end zone. I, or I, I still think that you probably would have Drake May um, – with a little bit better chance to win the Heisman because that would be a highlight moment. I mean, that at least would be a highlight moment, but the game overall, no doubt, it was his worst of the season. So that'll do it for the top five QB rankings for Wes Bryant. I do want to send it back to the studio just for a moment to get Fitty's take on the top five that we just heard from Wes. So number five coming in there, DJU enters the realm 
once again. Number four is Sam Hartman. Three is Jordan Travis. Two, Riley Leonard. Number one, Drake May. Fitty, does that get the uh, Josh Marlowe stamp of approval? Yeah, for the most part. The only one that I would maybe have a quibble with would be having Jordan Travis maybe at number two behind Riley Leonard because... I mean, he's playing at such a high level. I mean, the Knowles have a chance to get to nine wins on Friday and win 10 games if, if they win their bowl game. And I don't think we thought that was possible this year with with uh, Jordan Travis leading that Mike Norvell offense. But I see why you have Riley Leonard, too, at Duke because that guy outside of in the closing moments against Carolina in the fourth quarter or three weeks ago, he's been a stud all season long. Yeah, no doubt, man. He's played great this season. Getting Duke to a bowl game alone is a feat in and of itself. But, you know, I also looked at that stretch when they, they took three straight L's. Uh, Wake Forest game, he had a little bit of empty calories and some meaningless touchdowns in there. NC State, the two interceptions, especially the one that lost him the game. And then when you talk about the, uh, the Clemson game, another game where he had empty calories and meaningless touchdowns. So that's why he's sitting yeah. at three in my rankings. He's played good the last three weeks, but we're talking talking, uh, uh, well, really the last month, Georgia Tech, Miami, Syracuse, and Louisiana. I will say this. At the beginning of the ACC season, I, I feel like we all knew coming in there were a lot of really good quarterbacks. Yeah. And I think they underwhelmed at first with the way that some of the guys were playing like a Brennan Armstrong. Oh, no doubt. But then it started to fix itself with the emergence of Drake May, who was not in the top five yeah. at the very beginning. Sam Hartman was. Devin Leary was to a lot of people. I know you've been against that this entire season. But then Devin Leary goes out. It feels like now we're starting to go back to a little bit of that underwhelming moment with the yeah, QBs. Yeah, if, if you look at what it could have been, should have been right. this year. I mean, you're talking right. about, I was thinking that this year was going to consist of Leary, Hartman, Van Dyke, Armstrong right. and then Drake May with his emergence coming in to the mix. But coming into the season, I thought those four guys were going to be mainstays in this in this power rankings. And it was just going to be who had the better game, the bigger win. It's the WFNZ 20th Annual Street Turkeys presented by Ram Pavement taking place today at the Jack Daniels Doghouse broadcasting live. We've done it from 6 a.m. We're going to last until 6 p.m. It's brought to you by Telware, Truist, and Piedmont Natural Gas. We work in partnership with the Second Harvest Food Bank of Metrolina and Loaves and Fishes Friendship Trays to provide meals to families over the holidays and beyond. If you want to text us 44321, the message will be Street Turkeys. That's how you can donate if you can't come visit us at the Jack Daniels doghouse. I want to talk about Steve Smith's Hall of Fame candidacy and discuss whether he should get in with the second time he will reach the top 28. Can he get to the top 15 and eventually find his plaque in Canton, Ohio? Let's get to that in just a moment. The Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Weston Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Once again, we're out here at the corner of Mint and Moorhead, the Jack Daniels Doghouse. It's the 20th annual version of the WFNZ Street Turkeys event. It's presented by Ram Pavement. Again, we're taking place until 6 p.m. Kyle Bailey going to be hopping on in just about an hour or so. Going to be taking over at 3 p.m. So make sure you're donating as best you can. You can either come visit us, donate frozen turkeys, canned goods, box goods, also monetary donations. We have a way for 
for you to do that here at the doghouse. You can also text us street turkeys, all one word, to 44321. Once again, street turkeys to 44321. I do want to dive into some Panthers historical conversation because Steve Smith is up for the Hall of Fame. He's a national semifinalist, which means he is among the top 28 players that have a chance to get into the Hall of Fame. He was also a part of the top 28 last year. He didn't get in. I thought he should have, Wes. And I I don't know if it is a certainty that he'll get in this go-around. And Scott, the XFL honk who wrote in, should he get in is not the question. It's when. And I don't know if I'm that confident. If you ask me... I don't think there's any doubt he should get in. I think Steve Smith was that good during his time in the NFL. And I've said this before, too, about Steve Smith. What's crazy is if you look at his stats, they were actually pretty good as he was about to hang them up. Mm -hmm. That was someone who recorded, I believe, a 1,000-yard season just the two years prior to him deciding to call it quits in the NFL. But Steve Smith was good not only at the very beginning with Carolina becoming an all-pro special teamer. Not only did he have the triple crown in 05. Not only was he a good wide receiver with Cam Newton and Jake DeLone with multiple quarterbacks in this franchise. But then he went to a different franchise in Baltimore at the very end and gave you a 1,000-yard season there. There are lots of reasons why. I just don't know if that is a certainty to the voters, the committee that vote all of these players into the Hall of Fame because he didn't get in last year, right? And I know there's the whole he's not a first ballot thing, but is he a second? Is he a third? Mm -hmm. I think that stuff is so ludicrous, to be honest with you. I think if you're a Hall of Famer, then just go ahead and vote him in compared to other players in the class if you feel like they are better than those players in the class and you feel like eventually they're going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't really put that much importance on being first ballot compared to second, third, fourth, fifth. If they're HOF worthy, then put them into Canton. What say you on Steve Smith and his candidacy? Uh, I think he is going to get in, but I do think it's going to be a bit of a wet wait. We've seen with wide receivers that it does take a while. I do put a little bit of weight on uh, how you get in as far as when you're first ballot. That definitely means you were a dog of dogs when there's no question about it. Now, it does get a bit nuanced when you talk about writers and their agendas because especially like in the case of T.O., he should have been That's the bad one. Yeah. Um, but when you look at the guys who are in there with him, it's a, I mean, obviously these are all great players, but it's not a super, super strong class where you feel like where you go down and you're like, oh, this guy's automatic. This guy's automatic. The other receivers in his class, he's got some good competition. I mean, Anquan Bowden, I would put Steve Smith over. Henry Elliott, I mean, he's been waiting for a long time. He's an example of what we're talking about. Andre Johnson is a guy. Uh, that you could probably look at and maybe say that. So here are the three that I compared, because I agree. I think he is better than Anquan Bolden, yeah. and, and people might raise an eyebrow at that, but go look at the stats. Three-time Pro Bowler is Anquan. Steve Smith was a five-time Pro Bowler. Yeah. All Pro, once for Steve as a receiver, once as a specialist in his rookie season when he was able to make the Pro Bowl then. Anquan Bolden was never an all-pro type of guy. If you want to argue longevity, Another point for Steve Smith, because Anquan Bolden didn't play in the league for a long time, was able to produce for a few different teams, but Steve Smith was able to play in the league for a long time. Also, when you mention Anquan Bolden, Henry Ellard, Heinz Ward, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, those are some of the other wide receivers that could make the final 15. Those guys are awesome. Okay, yeah. like Torrey, I think he's the best of that bunch. Steve Smith out of that bunch? Yeah. I don't I'll know. take him over any of those guys. See, I don't think so for me, 
but I think my point is that all of them deserve to be in. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like, you could say, oh, well, we're watering down what it means to be a Hall of Famer. No, those guys were awesome. Like, please go look at what Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, and Torrey Holt were able to go accomplish. I, I mean, I think he's right there in the mix. I think for me, Torrey Holt is the guy I look at, and, and I look at the 10-year stretch that he had. It was pretty bonkers, man. Yeah. I mean, if you look at him, I think he had, what was it, eight straight years of 1,200 receiving yards, something ridiculous like that. It wasn't the longevity that Steve Smith had, and if you want to bring that into the equation for sure. But all of this to say, Steve Smith has the numbers – to put up against all of the other Hall of Fame receivers and get in, whether it be first to me or second or third. And so I hope that this is the year he's rewarded. But my point is also, if Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Torrey Holt are still trying to battle and find their way in, I don't know if C. Smith is going to do it this go-around. Yeah, and that's the the thing you look at uh, in all of it, is that they're probably only going to pick one if they pick any of them. I do think there should be a premium uh, on the Hall of Fame. We know your Hall of Fame, everybody's going to get in like basketball. But uh, You say my Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, your yeah. Hall of Fame. Well, I, I do and think J.C. Horn is a Hall of Fame yeah, player. I know you got him in now Dennis already. Smith Jr.'s Dennis Hall Smith. of Fame. Yep. If he went to the NFL, I'd sure put him in there <laughs> um, as well. But then, I mean, you look at some of these guys. I think Dwight Freeney is a guy I think that, that probably gets in. I would look at Joe Thomas as a guy that's probably going to be a first Green, ballot. Yeah. Uh, so they, they got some tough competition. Patrick Willis, my man from the Niners, I think he has a high probability of getting in uh, this go-around. Because even well, though he only had the eight seasons, I think, what, six or seven of those were all pro or something like that? Well, the Patrick Willis case is really interesting because it is very comparable to our own in Luke Keekley. Yeah. Patrick Willis. And I think Luke Keekley is a first ballot. I, he should be. Yeah. He should be. No doubt about that. He absolutely should be first ballot. I think the voters would probably vote yeah, him in first ballot. In. But it wasn't a long career. Mm-hmm. The problem with Luke Keekley, it is it's crazy to me where I go back and you don't even, at the time he retired, mind you, you couldn't even go back a decade before he decided to hang him up. And that's just not necessarily the case you see frequently with Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know about the three-year average span that an NFL player will have a career. But that is with all of the practice squad guys. That's with all of the players that might get cut from one team that doesn't shake out. I mean, it's not the Hall of Famers that we're talking about. Luke Keekley is, to me, I think he was the best uh, linebacker in the 2010s. And I think Patrick Willis was also somebody that a lot of people would go for and say Patrick Willis was better. But those are the two guys, Bobby Wagner, another one. I mean, you look at them, they're very comparable. They each have five All-Pros, first-team All-Pros, seven Pro Bowls. Uh, Keekly. Defensive Player of the Year, I believe, second year for Luke Keekly. Yeah, so – Those are so comparable. It's those guys that were amazing. Best linebacker in the game for about eight years, Mm -hmm. and then it was done. And, th- and that's what I wonder, do, do you have to have done it for some arbitrary number like 10, or do you have to have great eight years, but then really good three, four? I don't know what the voters are going I to mean, put. I mean, if you look at some of the great, great linebackers that they always talk about, Buckus went five All-Pros, eight Pro Bowls, Jack Lambert six and nine, Mike Singletary seven and ten, and Ray Lewis was seven and twelve. So and then, but some of these guys have rings, but not everybody. Dick Buckus doesn't have a ring. Uh, so yeah, so it's interesting the nuance of the voters. I do think Steve Smith gets in. Uh, I yeah. don't think it's going to be. I think he's going to have a decent weight before he does. 
but I think he will. I do too. Man. I think he's absolutely going to have a decent weight and or, oh yeah, W A I T. Just to be clear, um, <laughs> the thing about Steve Smith too. You, you just mentioned so many really good wide receivers, mm-hmm. and they're not in. And I, I think that's the problem because even if you think Reggie Wayne is better than Steve Smith, or if you think Steve Smith is better than Reggie Wayne, they're very comparable. In fact, if you go to the all-time receiving yards list of any wide receiver to ever play in the NFL, Steve Smith comes in 8 all-time, Reggie Wayne is 10, Andre Johnson is 11, and Quan Bolden is just a couple spots behind, I think, rounding out the top 15, and Ellard right there. So they're all so comparable when it comes yeah. to total yards, right? They have similar statistics. Pro Bowl mentions, I was looking all across the board, very similar Pro Bowl numbers. All pro appearances are very similar. So I think that's where you can really start to look at. Maybe the touchdown you know, count. Yeah. Steve, Steve had 80, but Reggie Wayne has just one more touchdown in his career than, yeah. than Steve's. Because Pro Football Reference has a, uh, a Hall of Fame monitor for right. every position. The average Hall of Fame wide receiver has a 104 score. Steve Smith has a 98. Right. And they have Larry Fitzgerald, which blows my mind, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Well, oh, it's it's only eligibility thing. So once he's gone from the game for well, five years. That's what years, I'm saying. So yeah. he has the fourth highest score. So he's a first ballot. Uh, but then the guys they do have in front of him that have a above average Hall of Fame score, Reggie Wayne, mm-hmm. Tory Holt, Julio Jones, and the infamous. Antonio Brown. Yeah. He's from the pit, not the palace. Well, <laughs> Antonio Brown was absolutely ridiculous on the field. <laughs> Real quickly, somebody texted us about what the link is for the street turkeys and what you can do. Again, just text 44321, and then the message you need to send is street turkey. So street turkeys, all one word, 44321. That's, you can, that's how you can help us out with the 20th annual street turkeys event presented by Ram Pavement. You brought up Luke Keekley. I think the comparison between him and Patrick Willis – fascinating i don't think there's any doubt i I do have a no doubter in panthers history and that's julius peppers julius peppers first ballot there's just no no way you can keep him out my favorite stat maybe ever okay i'm about to give you the number one stat of all stats i think this is my favorite julius peppers made two all decade teams yeah, I mean, that is one of the more mind-blowing stats of my life. The fact that Julius Peppers was on the all-decade team for the 2000s and the all-decade team for the 2010s, that's bonkers, Wes. So, like, if you can do that for two decades, be among the best pass rushers in the game, he should be a first ballot right from the rip. I believe he's fourth all-time on the sack list and was half away from getting into the top three. Yeah, no question about Pep. That's a good metric, though, too. I was going to say that. When you make an all-decade team, I think that really bodes well for you as far as oh, your yeah. candidacy when you were one of the best players for a decade because you look at Devin Hester, I think there's a strong possibility that he gets in, and he would be the first primary return man i believe to get in there and i think he's going to get in um so yeah you know steve will get in there man he's one of my he's probably my he's my second favorite panther of all time now i don't hate them all yeah (laughs) so who's your who's your first so uh, so pep is number one he's mine too yeah so yeah when i when i was a kid watching him play in the tournament you know that that eight-seeded north carolina team Mm -hmm. that was able to get to the final four eventually they would get bounced by florida that's my favorite team of all time, but really it was because of the introduction into sports for me. That's what made me fall in love with sports, and then that eventually would transition into baseball, football, all that mm-hmm. stuff. But watching Pep just be this monster dunking on dudes and playing at a high level in the most meaningful games of the season to play in a Final Four was the first, maybe the ever, 
I, I don't know, but if he's still only, they still the only guy to ever play in a Final Four and a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I know that was true for a while. I don't know if that's still true here in 2022, but the fact that you have both of those appearances is pretty incredible. One of the ones that somebody's writing in, 704-570-9610, Hunter wrote in, Cam is a Hall of Famer. People won't agree, but he is arguably the most dominant rushing QB of all time. I don't know what to do with Cam Newton's case, and I don't even know if if I was in an other city besides Charlotte, if I was somewhere different it would still be really hard for me to try to measure whether Cam Newton is a Hall of Fame quarterback because the rushing touchdowns are crazy. I mean, if you look at your favorite stat, right, TDR, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a big one. Mm-hmm. If you talk about all the touchdowns accounted for, Cam Newton is up there with some very, very good quarterbacks to have played in the NFL. The passing numbers are not Hall of Fame worthy, but that is not the complete picture when you talk about Cam. Ultimately, I don't think he gets in because there's two things working against him. Mm -hmm. I do think the passing numbers are working against him when you compare him to other quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. I also think the longevity just isn't there. And this was the thing that we had. I agree with you 100%. This is what we always had to worry about when Cam entered the league and then he was taking all of these hits where he was the most sacked QB, he was the most hit QB, because we hadn't seen anything like him. It would always drive me crazy when people would try to find a comparison because there was he was one of one. There was nobody else like Cam at the time. I do think you can get there a little closer with Josh Allen and Justin Fields because they have the pure size and the, at that spot, and they were running, and they are really fast. You're starting to see the transformer-type QB enter the league a little more. But Cam was one of one once he entered the NFL. He became maybe the biggest red zone weapon of all time, and that was something Cam had going for him. But... We were all worried about the hits taking its toll. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, quarterbacks are supposed to be good, quote-unquote, till what, 35? Especially the Hall of Fame guys. And that's what has that's what's working against Cam Newton. You know, I, I think that's ultimately going to keep him out. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, when you look at his Hall of Fame score, the average for a quarterback, according to pro football reference, is a 109. He's got a 70. So that doesn't look good for him. And also, you think about the fact that, how many years was Cam considered top 10 at his position? And I can't name you a ton of them. He was a guy that was kind of always either near that 10 spot or he was right on the outside looking in. Now, of course, we had the MVP year where he was, you know, the most dominant player in the league at that time, but he did not have a long enough stretch uh, doing that. And as you said, the longevity, I would say so. And I don't think there was really hardly ever a year outside of that MVP year where you would have considered him a top five player at his position. Well, you could go there in the 11-5 and five season in 2017. You could go to the playoff appearance where Cam Newton had maybe one of the best games of his career against the Saints where he's throwing to Kalen Clay in the end zone. Kalen Clay can't hold on to a touchdown pass, and the New Orleans Saints would go on to win. He was pretty— But you were saying that he was—you thought he was top five in the game? He was certainly—he was certainly top ten, but the other thing working against Cam right now is he played in an era of monstrous quarterbacks, right? Like, he comes in 2011. Mm -hmm. That's in the heyday of Drew Brees being elite, one of the best all time. Aaron Rodgers— don't care what you think about him now. Still one of the best of all time. Peyton Manning still mm-hmm. doing his thing, except he would make that transition to Denver. So Tom Brady was still dueling right. So top five, I mean, you got to be better than everybody else except those four because you weren't going to be better than those four. And then if you want to bring in Russell Wilson and, and Big Ben, you know, whoever was handing off the baton and to, to finish in the top five of those uh, couple of years. Like that was the problem. So top five, you might be right. 
but it was because you have first ballot, best passers of all time playing in the era where Cam Newton came in, but he was doing the game differently where he was running and running for so many touchdowns, mind you, more so than Vic. Like, Michael Vick might be the best rushing quarterback all time. If you want to argue that, cool. But not for touchdowns. Like, that's Cam. So when it mattered, when you were inside that 20-yard line, let Cam run the rock, and he was going to get you to the promised land. Yeah. And he only has, you know, when you look back at it, one all-pro, three pro bowls as well. Uh, So, you know, it's going to be hard for him to get in. Me personally, I don't, even when you go by eyeball tests and what he did and things of that nature, uh, I don't don't see Cam as a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and and somebody wrote in, Cam is top 25 rushing TDs at any position. And if you look at some of the guys he's ahead, it's actually pretty ridiculous. Some some Hall of Famers there. No, I'm I'm with you. Ultimately, I don't think he gets in, right? I mean... I just think that that case, it's not just because I've been covering Charlotte sports my whole radio career. Mm-hmm. It's not that. It's that case matched up with a lot of different players. That one's a fascinating case to measure because MVP, I mean, that is that is literally the best individual award that you can get, and yeah. Cam's got one. And there are a lot of Hall of Famers that don't have one. But if you go to even QBs, there are some players that get into the Hall of Fame that don't even have one of those MVP awards. But yes, I totally agree with you. I do ultimately think the longevity will keep him out. Any other players that we could see maybe on I don't. I don't see any on this roster right now that's Hall of Fame worthy. <laughs> I know. Well, we could PJ go. PJ Walker, no. PJ Walker? No, I, I didn't know what you're saying. <laughs> no, PJ Walker. Um, if he plays like he did against Tampa the rest of the way yeah. and then does that for 10 more years, then yes, maybe yeah. PJ Walker can make the Hall of Fame. The only ones that have a shot, right? Like if we're forced to choose some, if, if Brian Burns racks up a lot more sacks because he did have, I believe, more sacks than anybody at the age of 25. So that's that's a good stat to give you some type of attention. Yeah, maybe. You know, Brian Burns, I think, does have an outside shot. J.C. Horn is, you know, we're going to laugh we about that. in your Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's correct. He's in my Hall of Fame. But, <laughs> you know, so early into everybody else's career, mm-hmm. kind of goes to show you just how young everybody is on yeah. this Carolina Panthers team. And I can't really go anywhere else and say, you know, that that's someone that's talented enough to possibly make the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. D.J. Moore, that, that would have been interesting to see, okay, if he puts up 1,100 yards in three of his first four seasons, right? Like, just trying to project if there was a way for him to keep that pace for 10 more years or eight, you know, average, something like that. You'd be getting to 15,000 yards, and you would be up there with some of the other wide receivers yeah. in the Hall of Fame. That I'm just, look, I'm not saying he's making no, 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 it. No, no, just no. trying to look, I, that, trying no, to create the case. Because yeah. he did, it, that did cross my mind when I thought about his stats. It's just, you know, also, too, you know, just when you watch him, it's like, you know, you don't. You know, Hall of Famers. You don't see Terrell Owens. You don't see Randy Moss. Just those game-breaking plays. But, no, I did think about it. I don't think you're off base at all uh, by saying that, by the statistics that he's put up and if he could continue to do so. Yeah, and it's been crazy to see with the other quarterbacks that he has on that he's played with so far. Baker Mayfield has been the DJ Moore kryptonite. I don't think he's going to get to 1,000 this year because of that, but it was impressive the amount of yards he was able to put up the last three years prior to Baker Mayfield being announced the starter at the beginning of the put season. Ricky Waters in, man. <laughs> that's, that's one of my all guys. The San, all the, the San Francisco <laughs> running backs. Put, put them all that in. That was my guy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't fight you too hard Ricky on Waters that. Ricky Waters rap, too. Um, that's good, too. Let's put him in the rap hall of fame. <laughs> all right. Uh, one more segment to go. Not before we get to the Fitty Flash. Send it back to the studio for the last one. What you got, Fitty? Well, guys, did want to let you guys know that Kansas did hold on to beat NC State 
80-274 to kick no, off the <laughs> battle for Atlantis. And I did follow up with our guy, Wolfpack James, who texted in during multiple shows that he thought that the Wolfpack were going to, quote, blow out the Jayhawks. Wow. I have not since gotten a response. And I have some Panther news for you as well. Eight guys missed practice today or, or were held out of practice. Running back Deontay Foreman was given a rest day. And that, that makes a lot of sense given how much of the load he's carried the last couple of weeks. Wide receiver Shai Smith, offensive lineman Cameron Irving and Larnell Coleman, they were all held out because they were sick. And then guys that missed practice because they were injured were defensive tackles or, or defensive tackle Matt Ioannidis, safety Miles Hartfield, tight end Giovanni Ricci, and linebacker Corey Littleton. So it looks like the Panthers might be a little thin at, at certain spots for Sunday's uh, matchup with the Denver Broncos. All right, we'll try to go over that injury report. Thanks to Fiddy for providing the injury report. We'll go into the last segment discussing that and just finishing up everything here at the 20th Annual Street Turkeys event presented by Ram Pavement. One more segment to go. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Fitty, the last the last sign off for Fitty back in the studio is the mics are hot just like me, boys. That leaves, and, a, that leaves a lot of interpretation. It does, it does. But <laughs> I, I'll say it, that's fine. Fitty, if he wants to show off, he's been a big help over at the studio as we've been out here at the corner of Mint and Moorhead for the 20th annual Street Turkeys event presented by Ram Pavement. We're going to be up here until 6 p.m. We've just got the one more segment to go, but Kyle Bailey is on deck, ready to take over at 3 p.m. Smoke Ludwig going to be back in the studio running things, running the board there as well so big thanks to him too just last thing want to tell you about being able to donate just saw somebody drive up and at the red light they were able to stop somebody one of the volunteers was able to run out to the car get the frozen turkey come right on back and that's how easy it is i just want to illustrate slinging birds that's right (laughs) that's that's how it is just right here at the corner of minton moorhead if there's a red light cool we'll come out and we'll help you donate as much as you possibly can so that is what we got going on (laughs) fitty is red hot with the mics turning them on but he's also red hot turning the music on as well so, so it's somebody over there at the studios. But, yes, I'm just telling you how easy it is. Also, if you can't come by, that's totally fine as well. Just make sure you text Street Turkeys, all one word, no space, Street Turkeys, to 44321. You'll get a link back. And then you can click on the link. There's a donate button right front and center. Extremely easy to do. So you can click that. You can also get some updates as well. Gives you a lot of information surrounding this Street Turkeys event. And we'll appreciate um, our sponsors. We appreciate you as well for helping us out here today at the 20th annual street turkeys event and our first one west and it's been really awesome to be a part of so many different people helping out everybody happy to help out everybody wants to be a part of this i heard dell dell curry talking on the charlotte sports today show about how appreciative he is to be able to contribute to this for so many years now so lots of people in the community getting involved once again yeah no doubt it's been great it's my first time like i said i've heard about it on this station for years so to be a part of it has been pretty cool 
It's been awesome to be a part of. It really is an honor. And so we've got a little bit longer to go here on the Wesson Walker Show. Let's talk about what's on tap. What's on tap is brought to you by Twin Peaks. You can join our e-club to stay up to date on, on all things Twin Peaks and score free stuff. Visit TwinPeaksRestaurant.com slash Peaks-Club. Hornets host the 76ers. We talked about it with Sam Farber earlier. Tip is at 7 o'clock at the Spectrum Center. Got to be a win here, Wes. You know, Joel, M- Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, all of them are out. It is the only time the Hornets will have an injury advantage. Do you think this is the time where the Hornets get a win? You certainly hope so. I think that they will win tonight. But, Walker, what happens if they don't get this one? Is it's there bad. any hope? I mean, good Lord. Yeah. When are you looking for a win if they don't get this one tonight? Yeah, it's, it's bad because... Are they the 73ers a night, the 70s, the 68ers? What are they with so, all the guys out? So I'm pulling up their schedule right now because they do have the Philadelphia 76ers here at home. You're not going to be playing nearly as many games. So hopefully that rest will help Charlotte too. So that's another thing we did not mention. Not only do you have the injury advantage, you also have the rest advantage. So they have Philadelphia tonight, Minnesota at home on Friday, traveling to Boston, but then there's three home games in a row. Washington winnable. Milwaukee, L.A. Clippers, that's tough, but the whole Kawhi thing, it it could be helping out um, the Hornets in that game against the Clippers. So we'll see. I'm going to say they get a win. I I think the Hornets, they've been very close. Cleveland double overtime, only a four-point loss to Washington. I think the Charlotte Hornets get a win tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. Before we go to this day in sports history, you have somebody you want to give a shout-out to. Yeah, no doubt, man. My mom turned 62 today. Looks like, you know, she's 32. You know what I'm saying? It runs in the family. You know what I mean? So she came up here. I got a nice cowboy hat for a birthday. That's what she wanted. So uh, I got her that, man, a nice uh, black cowboy hat from American Hat Makers. Cost a little skrilla. You know what I'm saying? So it was good, man. She came by and said, what's up, man? So, yeah, man. You know what's crazy? Still have around 62 years. My mom's birthday as well. Oh, no doubt. look at that. It's, ab- look it's at absolutely that. It's stars, true. Baby. That's right. So, yep, my mom's birthday as well. So a big, huge shout-out to both of the moms, a part of the Wes That's and Walker right. show. Kind of crazy. I got my mom a birthday present. I-, I hope she's not listening. All right, Mom, if you're listening to the show, turn it off for just 30 <laughs> seconds. Okay, what I – all right, five, four, three, two, one. Hopefully she turned it off. What I got her was a North Carolina Vince Carter T-shirt. Oh, wow. Okay. Huge fan of Vince Carter, yeah. just like me growing up. Yeah. Also a big Heels fan, too, because okay. of my fandom growing up. So yeah. I got her. I found it. And I they're not, like, readily available all across, like, yeah. you know, all across the way. I know you could get one online, but I saw it. I was walking in one of the stores. I was like, I got to get it. So that's what I got my mom for her birthday as well. That's so big up, shout man. to the moms. Happy birthday to her as well. Absolutely. All right, Fiddy, we'll go back to you, the hot one, as you mentioned. What happened on this day in sports history? All right, guys. As Miss Gale is leaving the building, happy Thanksgiving to you, Miss Gale. On this day in 1984, Doug Flutie passed for 472 yards, and he led Boston College to a 47-45 upset victory over Miami with the last-second touchdown throw that those of us that love college football, we have seen that highlight over and over again. down there. Mm Mm-hmm. And also another highlight we've seen a lot happened on this day in 1991 when Desmond Howard returned a punt against number 18 Ohio State for a touchdown. He celebrated with his Heisman pose en route to Michigan's biggest win over Ohio State as they won 31-3. to And that's that single play alone is the reason why Desmond Howard <laughs> has a place on college game day set today. But, you know, on this day... As, as, 
uh, some major important things have happened in the great sport of college football. Yes, it did. I, I knew as soon as I saw Desmond Howard's name on the rundown, we were going to get some clowning yeah. coming the way <laughs> of one Fiddy Marlowe. But we've all done the pose, though, in and the you, backyard. You know what was funny is that people, he didn't do it right. He did. He, he absolutely he, he, did he, not. Yeah, he didn't do it right because when we had guys come in our room at ACC Media Day, guys were doing it, and I had to tell him, I said, you have to have both feet on the ground <laughs> like the real trophy. But, but Desmond made it cooler, Desmond's though. Pose. But it's cooler, though. Yeah. We can agree with that, right? Yeah. Like I the mean, in the moment there, for him to do that, he was the first guy and one of the few guys to do that. It was still great that, that he did move. that. What a statement. Yeah, boss move from Desmond Howard, who would eventually go on to win it. I mean, the that, fact that he knew that that place sealed it, locked it in, the Heisman is mine. Come on, you can't beat that. Plus, it was cool to see it's still the best cover for a college football video game. Uh, yeah. To me, Desmond Howard on the cover, the race to the Heisman, yeah. 06, option attack, rushing attack. The mini games are the goats of those college football games. All right, that'll do it for us here, the Weston Walker Show at Mitten Moorhead. Jack Daniels Doghouse, we really appreciate all of the sponsors. This event was presented by Ram Pavement. They've had volunteers on site throughout the entire day, so we very much appreciate them. Also, Truist held a collection at Truist headquarters. They donated 358 pounds of food. Tellware, also proud supporters of Street Turkeys. They just uh, brought a truckload of food not too long ago as well. And then finally, Piedmont Natural Gas. They've been on site in support of their Share the Warmth campaign. They've had the cozy, warm scarves that they've been sharing as well. That was around lunchtime. So many different people making this Street Turkeys event happen, and we really appreciate them. We appreciate you guys for donating as much as you possibly can. If you can't make it out here, once again, Street Turkeys, text into 44321, Street Turkeys, 44321. We're going to pass the baton off to the Kyle Bailey Show. He'll tell you some other ways you can help out and take you up until 6 p.m. For uh, for the Street Turkeys event here at the Jack Daniels Doghouse Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.